welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Alenia, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Hi, welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Today we have another guest. Actually, before I start, before I introduce the guest, if, I, if I'm sounding a little bit funny, because I feel like I have a little bit of a lisp, I just, I'm less than a week into having Invisalign. And so I'm still getting used to it, and hopefully I will learn how to talk normally again with it in my mouth, but, or else I will just have to record without it. I don't know, but I'm trying to get used to it. So if I sound a little funny right now, that's why the episode was before I had it, but there might be other episodes where I will also be sounding funny. All right. Anyway. (laughs) I guess, well, I guess while I'm talking about that, also in this episode, there are some, we did have some tech issues um, during the conversation because it was over Zoom. And so there's a little bit of content, content that's a little bit hard to understand. And there were some things that had to be cut out. I'm pretty sure there, things are pretty much intact, much as possible. And there's definitely some good nuggets in it to take away. So I still wanted to release it, even though it's not perfect, you know, as I do. Today's guest is James Clemens. He is one of the co-founders of Freedom From Anger, LLC. And along with his partner, Jonathan, they have over 20 years of experience as anger and stress management professionals. In our conversation, we talk about the importance of unplugging and also curating what media you do choose to allow into your life and you know how this helps you to manage your anger and stress in our everyday lives i hope you enjoy the the conversation hi how are you doing james i'm doing good welcome thank you for being on the podcast thanks for having us yeah and tell tell me something. Uh, tell me about what you what you do. I own a, a business called uh, Freedom from Anger LLC. We specialize in uh, anger and stress management uh, education. Um, we've been active uh, about two years, um, but uh, me and my associate, we've been in the field for probably combined probably at least twenty years. Uh, we just decided to branch off and um, try to get out there and have as many people as possible uh, using using the internet. And uh, we've been able to uh, get in contact with people from Hawaii to Ireland to Canada, to Philadelphia, um, kind of you know, kind of branching out. So that's uh, that's what we do. That's, yeah, that's great. It, it's, we're very lucky to live in a time where um, we can connect with people all over the world through the internet. Oh, oh definitely. And uh, we really, 
we started it up when the pandemic hit and we kind of saw that everything was kind of going virtual. Mm-hmm. So we're like, hey, you know, we're pretty good at what we do. <laughs> so uh, let's try to try to branch out there and uh, try to reach as many people as possible. I imagine that uh, since you started, you've, you have a lot of experience, but you started this business through the pandemic. I imagine that you maybe have seen some, maybe a little, a little difference in how people are have managed their stress and anger through the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's um, unfortunately with everything going on, um, you know, everybody's pretty much kind of amped up to say the least. You got the pandemic, inflation, gas prices. Um, So I think at this point in time as a nation, you know, we definitely need to practice some self-care and try our best to to manage our frustrations because you just turn on the news and you see people acting a fool. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. What are some things that you talk to your clients about uh, when it comes to self-care to manage their feelings? (laughs) Yeah. And we, you know, we really tell people, you know, know, the whole term anger management gets kind of a bad rap. Everybody has kind of preconceived notion of what anger management is, you know, count backwards from 10, Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's not anger management. That might be a technique that might work. work for some. We really try to uh, focus on uh, behavioral uh, thinking and really try to get people to challenge their beliefs and their thought patterns to try to get a you know positive outcome. Mm-hmm. And we, we try to, um, and a lot of times we'll ask somebody just a simple question or, you know, are, are you happy? And if you're not happy, how can you become happy? So, like I said, we don't try to we don't try to make it as compl- complicated as a lot of people do, but we try to get down to the root. But it all kind of stems from our thinking, uh, our thinking patterns. So we really try really try to hammer that home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, our I mean, our thoughts really can. Our, there, it kind of is everything when it comes to our happiness, definitely. Yeah, that's, so I use quotes all the time. Probably one of my favorite ones is from uh, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes right along in with uh, Dr. Albert Ellis, which is R-E-B-T, which we're uh, both huge fans of. And it all comes down to uh, our our thoughts, our choices. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely use a, use, use a lot of those quotes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think is like the biggest thing that someone can do? Like it can be like, it's a small thing, but it can make the biggest difference in how someone's thoughts, they can start to change their thoughts, mm-hmm. thought patterns. I think the, Probably the hardest thing that we really uh, run into when we're doing our classes is being open to challenge the things that you were taught. Mm-hmm. Being open to challenge, okay, well, my mom told me this, 
my dad told me this, my granddad told me this, but to really question those things and go, okay, well, just because they said it, it might not be accurate in, in you know, the current state of things and in your life, mm-hmm. but to actually question those things is really, really, really tough uh, for a lot of our clients because, you know, if, you know, if mom said it, you know, it, it, it's gospel. Yeah. I can't question it. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, in, in, in my uh, line of work, my day-to-day job, I see a lot of incarcerated people that have that uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, this is what I was taught. This is what I'm supposed to do. I can't challenge it. I can't question it. Yeah. Even though they're getting all these negative uh, outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I recently read this book, Think Again, and it's like, you know, he talks about how you're, you know, you shouldn't identify with like your beliefs, but like, cause it's like different to have your values can remain the same, but it doesn't mean that your, your belief, like that you have to identify with like the things that you believe, like that kind of thing. I don't, I didn't explain that very well. (laughs) But, um, cause your values and like all the things that you're taught, they, they're not necessarily like things can shift and you can still have the same values, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and often we get confused, uh, with our morals and, and our values, two, two totally different things, uh, the foundation of your being and then your values kind of you know stack on top of that uh, mm-hmm. but our value is going to shift usually the usually use are, are, are constantly changing mm-hmm. uh, I know you know me my, my values when I was 25 is different from now yeah <laughs> yeah definitely value different things um, so I know that you had talked about how unplugging from devices, social media, like things like that really has a lot of impact on stress, anger, things like that. What are some like ways that you help people to be able to do that? Yeah, it it is definitely uh, difficult for a lot of people. Uh, We're all uh, consumed with screens. Uh, um, But the way we try to talk to our clients is, like, are you welcoming drama, you know, into your household? Are you welcoming drama, you know, in, in, into your mind space? Like, for instance, you know, just me personally, I very seldom watch the news because it, to me, it is a negative, negative force. I don't need to wake up in the morning and know that, you know, uh, three teenage kids got uh, unfortunately, that's a, a, a common thing that we see in our major cities. Uh, that's not going to get my day off, you know, nicely because uh, it's a, definitely a senseless, senseless thing. Mm-hmm. But just, just try to find ways. OK, well, hey, if I can uh, <clears throat> set my phone down when I'm eating dinner. Um, I think even I read an article about uh, Bill Gates. He says his kids did not have a cell phone till they were 14. Huh? And when they did, if they're having dinner or family time, they put the phones away. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, that could be, but I think it, if, if we just kind of unplug, just, I mean, even if it's just for an hour, just put your phone away where you can't hear it, because uh, a lot of the studies going on now is, uh, it's not a DSM-5 yet, but I do think uh, technology addiction uh, is probably going to come, because they're seeing that phone ding, you know, it's setting off, you know, the same parts of the brain that's, you know, somebody's a drug addict. Mm-hmm. The, the, the euphoria and the, the adrenaline, the cortisol, all those things are being sparked by that because we become reliant on those things. Yeah. Um, the, there's actually a, in the, the international disease classification, there is a, a gaming uh, addiction. Oh. The DSM-5, which we use in the U.S., we don't have that yet. Okay. But but there's all kinds of studies out there that's showing like, hey, you know, this this is a deal. You know, this is a real deal. And the studies have gone back for past. We have not pulled the trigger on hey, becoming more reliant on technology, and this is becoming an issue. So hopefully they'll uh, see that. Uh, they definitely need to kind of get away from that, but we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I used to live in Korea and the ga- gaming was like ridiculous. Yeah. And I remember hearing like of like like somewhat like this guy just like like playing himself to death basically and you're just like, "Oh my god, like that I mean, it that is that definitely is an addiction if you can't, if you just are like I can't get up from playing and then you die." <laughs> That's so sad. So yeah, it seems like it should be seen as an addiction, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I think eventually it'll get there. Uh, it's just kind of taking a, a little while to, I um, guess, the DSM-6, maybe it mm-hmm. might be in there. But it's definitely, I was reading an article uh, the other day, and it was like 2009. And they were talking about technology addiction. Oh. Huh. Well, We've come a long way since 2009. Yeah. Um, so um, it's definitely uh, an area that definitely needs research, study, and um, the you know, psychological community needs to get on, get on board. Yeah. They, they think. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's often kind of slow them adding things to the DSM-5. That's what it's called, right? Like, how often do they up- update it? Do you know? Uh, this one five, I think it came out. Oh Lord, I'd be guessing like ten years ago. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I might be way off, but I'm just throwing a number out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because that's all, all just therapists use. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a little while since it's been updated. Um, yeah, that would, I mean, that would make sense then why it's obviously a slow process for them to add, like to update it. And so, yeah, hopefully in the next, next one, it will be in there. And I imagine other things will also have changed in, in there in that time. So, yeah. Oh yeah. If you definitely want to see some interesting things, look at an old, old DSM from like, uh, I remember when I was in, in, in college, uh, our, our, uh, my psychology teacher was like, hey, you know, take a look at this. 
like all these things that we, we that we deem as normal now, like back then, it was like, oh, this is a mental disorder. Like, no, it's just Thank God, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a little unfortunate that anxiety is just so common that, you know, you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's normal. What do you personally? Right, so I was looking up 2013 is when it was updated. Okay. So, yeah. So, well, that's close, nine years. years. Yeah. yeah, 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 close. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would make sense then. Uh, what do you personally do to protect your your mental health well-being around technology? I, you already said you don't watch the news, other things like that. <laughs> well, I'm actually very lucky. Like with my you know day-to-day job, I work uh, with incarcerated individuals, so I work in the jails. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't allow me to have my phone yeah. on me. So my phone's in my car. So for at least eight hours a day, my phone's in my car. So, you know, I I don't have to hear um, on a day-to-day basis because Mm -hmm. I I get that kind of time uh, to myself. So, which I'm grateful for. I mean, it'd be convenient to have my phone with me, you know, in the jails, but security, you know, they they don't have that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that definitely helps. That definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes it so that you don't have to actually draw a boundary, which is, it's nice. I know for myself, I mean, obviously when I'm at work, I'm not using it that much. Although like, I I would like to not be using it like when I'm on like my lunch break, you know, like that kind of thing. But it's like, just so like, hey. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely on on breaks and stuff. Like, hey, my phone real quick. Like, <clears throat> the world has not changed in the two hours, three hours that, that I've no. not touched my phone. Um, no. If my wife needs to get a hold of me, she'll see. Uh, but other than that, that's, you know, uh, Monday through Friday, I try my best to kind of stay away from my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, like use social media do have you had any issues with like you know communicating with other people on social media um (laughs) you know how that is i'm not a social media person i have accounts Uh, most of them are business related and that i probably should update but i don't (laughs) (laughs) facebook pretty much the only reason I use it is they have a uh, marketplace mm-hmm. so people sell stuff uh, but as far as social media I'm not that big into uh, at all mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I know I know there's definitely a lot of people I think especially I think especially women that are that spend a lot of time on social media I, I've, I've, always, I've definitely had like a love, love, hate relationship with social media, but I definitely like avoid politics on social media and stuff like that. So that, that's, that was part of my boundary, uh, built, you know, putting boundaries up, you know, when it comes to social media. 
Yeah, you know, we, you know, talk about unplugging. I mean, I, I think you know, with you know, we're kind of geared towards the youth, like like we do great things, but we don't. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to unplug. We need to get out into into nature. We need to. We, we become very uh, sedentary. Um, like me, I like to do yard work. That's my kind of my me time. I just got done on my yard just about an hour ago. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but and my phone was away. Yeah, um, I was listening to music. You know, I had my headphones on. So, but I was not listening to uh, some political. You know. BS, you know, pardon mm-hmm. the French. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, if you want to get upset, you know, turn on the news, turn on the talk radio. Yeah, like, it, you know, it, the old saying, you know, if it, what's old, is it, um, if it bleeds, it reads or something like that. Yeah. Some of those lines. Like, if it's negative, it'll sell. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just not a big, big fan of that um uh, i've got enough going on in my day-to-day life i need to bring in other people's stuff yeah oh definitely i think that i mean everyone it's there's plenty of stuff that actually affects us and like personally touches us that is negative and not not good not happy that we don't really need to take on other people's pain Mm -hmm. and misery so yeah but don't we all love reality TV? Yeah. <laughs> or or oh a lot of people are into true crime, you know? <laughs> like it's like oh, I love true crime. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, but uh but yeah, like with all reality TV, true crime, we just we're just piling on all the negative stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It seems like sometimes we um we're kind of a a, a glutton for punishment or something is that the, the the saying you know yeah I definitely try to like seek out po- positive stuff as much as possible when I do go on to the inter internet you know <laughs> yeah like, like with me um when, when, when I leave work I'm usually not listening to radio. I usually turn on like a podcast or something. It's usually mm-hmm. comedic, you know, funny stuff. I love laugh. I love to go see comedy shows. I think I found my kind of sweet spot with uh, the true crime. There's a podcast out there that has a lot of comedy in it. So you kind of laugh along. That's my kind of uh, guilty pleasure to kind of get away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I when I was listening to true crime podcasts the most, I was definitely listening to the ones that were funny also. Just it like makes it a little bit more like not as like hard to hard to swallow sometimes, you know. Although like obviously it's like uh it doesn't make it any less like awful. But, yeah. <laughs> like some like 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 my personal favorite and is the last podcast on the left? Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I enjoyed listening to them, and yeah, you're gonna laugh, but it's dark, you know, dark yeah. subject matter. But they, they try to lighten it up, so for sure. Well, I like listening to them. 
Yeah. Is there any other um, media that you you tend to gravitate towards? Not really. Other outside of like the the, the like podcast and um, except don't watch much news. I, I, I like movies. You know, um, there's some pretty good shows out there. Me and my wife we're big fans of. Better Call Saul and uh, showing HBO or Showtime Barry. Okay, Um, yeah, I like Bill Hader. Yeah, it's it's dark. He's an assassin. Yeah, but it but it's funny. Uh, But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Watch a lot of movies and stuff. Uh, I catch myself all the time watching old Saturday Night Live from the 90s you know when I was growing up and Mm -hmm. you know just kind of uh, kind of transporting back in time (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. to me simpler times but you know as we get older you know we look back and go hey those are the good old days Mm -hmm. Um, but then I found myself you know uh, I got a Peacock subscription so I can see all the old Saturday Night Lives from the the 90s and 80s and stuff that's nice when, yeah when i was coming up and enjoying it yeah a lot of people definitely uh love nostalgia like watching things that are nostalgic for them for sure it makes them feel good so yeah i get it yeah what do you like I, you talked about like working in the yard um what else do you like to do out outside out the outdoors the great outdoors well um I'd say like we, we, I, I like to swim, have a swimming pool. Um, a lot of maintenance and pain in the butt at times, but mm-hmm. uh, I enjoy going out and swimming. Um, got a little dog. Uh, I like taking her out for walks and stuff. Um, but pretty much, I'm pretty kind of a kind of a homebody type person. You know, I, I got everything I need here. I got my wife, got my dog, got a pool, you know, got, got, got a yard. You know, I got, I got enough to keep me busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like, I, growing up, like my, my dad owned a roofing company. He had done construction the majority of my life. Um, so I like doing things with my hands, um, projects, um, Right now, as we speak, I'm working on changing the oil in my lawnmower. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely a, uh, kind of a handyman, uh, so to speak. It's good. Yeah. It's nice to see, like, see the out- outcome of doing something. And that's, that's the thing with, like, working with your hands. Like, mm-hmm. there's, an, there's an end, usually, to what you're working on. And mm-hmm. it's fulfilling at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I know it sounds weird, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like to me, have you ever pressure washed anything? I I have not, but it looks very satisfying. Oh my goodness. (laughs) There's actually there's apps out there where you can like pressure wash stuff. Yeah. Uh, Anxiety. I told you like I could probably, you know, like come up with some kind of pressure wash therapy or whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, right. for I sure. Mean, it just it, it, it's very zen. It's very like very you get to see the the end result like instantly, just kind of mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I try to go out of my way to pressure wash stuff. I'm like, okay. Or I'll, I'll I'll go to different places. I'm going that needs to be pressure washed. Like, man, that would look so much better if you just did this, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like to ask people what how how do you define fun? Uh, fun is just, I mean, to me, it's just, you know, being happy in the moment. Can't be fun all the time, but trying to find those little, you know, those little wins, those little, um, little bit of uh, excitement, a mm-hmm. little bit of, hey, you know, this feels good, it's fun, yeah. but, you know, unfortunately, you know, we got a whole, uh, a mess of people out there that just think that we have to kind of really keep that in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but those little small moments where, you know, we're having a good time, really, really grab a hold of that. Hey, yeah. It's fun. I like this. Definitely. I also like to ask people what their play personality is. Um, this is based on the Institute of, of Play in the United States um, from Dr. Stuart Brown. So there's eight play personalities. There is the Joker, the Explorer, the Artist, the Storyteller, the Collector, the Kinesthetic, the Competitor, and the director who's like the person that likes to like plan plan things that kind of thing yeah. what would what would you say you are i mean you can be more than one i would say um i'm probably more the the artist creator type because mm-hmm. um, i'm always searching to make things better mm-hmm. uh, every job that i've ever you know had trying to figure out okay how can we do this better probably the term I, I dislike the most in the world is well this is how we've always done it <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah I just I cannot I cannot stand that I'm like no maybe but there's possibly a better way mm-hmm. so let me try to figure this out yeah um sometimes they allow you to do that sometimes they don't so it gets kind of frustrating at times so yeah uh, you to, to me I, i'm constantly um you know, seeking out the new goals new education um i i'm, I'm just uh I'm, I'm just a nut and i live to be 200 years old i'll still be seeking out education and stuff because, yeah um i, I just think that there's just so much stuff out there that we can we can better ourselves with and and ed- education is key mm-hmm. so somebody sits back and say hey i got it i know it all no you don't no <laughs> no you don't no. you'll never know it all and you and no. the, when you when you start saying that is like well what's the point at that you know it's like part of you being on earth is to just keep learning and growing and 
you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't like people that claim to be a know-it-all, you know, like, and you're like, nope, you don't know everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, like I said, big, big on quotes, you know, Aristotle said, you know, 2,500 years ago, he said that a man only has meaning if he's reaching out and striving for his goals. Mm-hmm. So he needs, he needs that carrot kind of dangled out. Mm-hmm. in front of them to keep them, keep them moving forward nice. um, and I, i'm uh I, if if i if i were to have a go back to school i like the philosophy huge fan of uh but uh you know psychology was was, was my route which is kind of closely related yeah um, but yeah but you know, philosophies that have been around for thousands of years, all these things that we've been taught, being told, we know it. It's mm-hmm. just with with our clients, we're like, hey, you know, we talk about the golden rule and all these uh, all these little, little uh, nursery rhyme things that we're told, come to find out they're true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, sticks and stones, I break my bones, the words never hurt me. So don't take stuff personal, you know. So um, we definitely try to kind of do our best to kind of um, get them to think, think in those terms. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you already know this stuff. Hey, we're just here to help, kind of help you along. You got this. You know, it's within you. Just mm-hmm. you got to make that commitment. Yeah. Well, yeah, empowering people and giving people, you know, being like helping them build their confidence um, really, you know, helps people because we can't do anything for someone else, but like we can hopefully put like help them get to a point where they are able to do the what they need to do for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's the whole uh, motivational interviewing. Um practice like we're all motivated mm-hmm. even if you don't do anything <laughs> if you lay in bed all day you're motivated to lay in bed all day mm-hmm. and really try to figure out what what motivates these people like how, how can we get them get them on board so yeah so uh, we, we, we take a lot from we've doing this we've done alcohol and drug judgment, victim impact you know, we've probably taught it, um, but the majority of it comes back to that motivation, trying to figure out what motivates them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Just a couple more questions and then, uh, yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you get on with your day. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, fortunately, not long enough to retire. But um, I think kind of what we've seen over the past couple of years with uh, our business is that we're probably eventually going to transition it over into a nonprofit mm-hmm. because unfortunately the people that most need these services don't have the ability to pay. Sure. So if we can, you know, convert it over to a nonprofit, uh, maybe get some funding, go actually into different communities, whether it be 
um, in, in the incarcerated community. Uh, there's a lot of uh, counties out there that don't offer any programs. Personally, I would get to get the ability to, to work with juveniles to kind of teach them some stuff, you know, before they make it to see me in jail. Because uh, enough time, me hundreds and hundreds of people have told me like, "Hey, I wish I would have known this at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have had this information." And I think we're doing our uh, our young people a disservice by not teaching them these things, mm-hmm. how to manage their emotions, how to avoid, you know, you know, domestic violence charges. Like what is, I just spent uh, an entire week uh, with the Victim Advocacy uh, Academy in Chattanooga. It just, it's all this information that, that, that we're not teaching the younger people. So mm-hmm. um, try to not get caught up into the, uh, the system uh, as it is so yeah. I, I i can definitely see my myself you know going in that direction um, yeah that is very that's a very important work to do it's true um as a society we're not we're doing a great disservice to young people in how we're you know treating like keeping like giving them coping skills and things like that. Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, it definitely has also contributed to the drug problems that we're having. And yeah, (laughs) it's just, there's a lot going on that has to do with mental health and uh, it's really underserved. Uh, When's the last time that you laughed so hard that you're like, your like stomach hurt? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I was actually watching a Saturday Night Live from, I don't know, it was probably like late 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it was, for some reason, I, I you know, at the, the right moment, and I just laugh, laugh, laugh. Even when I got my wife, I was like, hey, you got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was just, it was just silly, just kind of, you know, um, but you know, I, I think it's important to you know it's important to laugh. It's important yeah. to you know seek out those silly things because you know there's, there's enough seriousness going on in the world. Um, seek out those funny things. Um, yeah. You know, watch a come Got to watch you know the new crime drama or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, watch a silly stand up. Yeah. Go go yeah. to a local you know uh, comedy comedy place. So uh, where did you say you're located? I'm near Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of my most favorite comedians, he actually moved to uh, moved to Oregon the uh, mm. last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So if you ever get a chance to see him, he kind of kind of roams around. He travels all over. But his mm-hmm. name's Kyle Kinane. Okay. I think he lives in Beaverton. Oh, okay. That's near Portland. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a, yeah he's he's got a couple of podcasts out there. I highly recommend. He's 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 a funny guy. I, I mm-hmm. saw him a couple of times here in Nashville. Met him. He's pretty cool. Pretty cool dude. Nice. But he, yeah. He's up he's up in that area. But he's like I said, just go out there and laugh, have a good time. 
All right. Where can where can people find you? I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Uh, we got a website. It's called freedomanger.com. Just two words, freedomanger.com. Uh, from there, you can uh, get my phone, cell, email. There's a contact box in there. You can, you know, uh, put in whatever. And it's got our uh, information on there. But that's what I tell people. Just go to the website. It's got everything on there. Yeah, it's easy when it's all in one place. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you for... Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the podcast. It was a nice to chat with you. Yeah. Hopefully my southern accent didn't turn too many people off, you know. I, there are I, there are <laughs> edu- there are educated people in the South, just this FY. Oh yeah. I know it, there's a lot of um stereotypes for sure. Um uh. <laughs> yeah. Well have a have a good rest of your evening and yeah. All right, you too. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, I wanted to talk about some takeaways. This is also currently with Invisalign. I'm sorry if it's a problem. (laughs) Anyway, some of the main takeaways from this conversation with James. Basically, you know, he talks about, like, we all need to disconnect sometimes. He talks about his love of yard work, walks, swimming, and power washing, which I agree is very satisfying to watch. Totally get it. We all need time outside and away from technology. And I I talk more about this, uh, the need to get out into nature in my episode six. Nature is loved by what is best in us. So if you need more inspiration of why you need to go out into nature that exists also he talks about how technology addiction is not in the dsm-5 but that there's a lot of research suggesting that technology is indeed addictive so it's important to take breaks and to be intentional and you know and of course if you cannot get it under control, you know, to seek outside help if that is needed. He talks very specifically about not watching the news. You know, the news makes you focus heavily on everything wrong with the world. It definitely feeds into the existential dread that we're all feeling. It feeds into your feelings of how everything and everyone is bad and that it just keeps getting worse. And a lot of this doesn't affect you and you can't do anything about it. And so you're just taking on the burden for no benefit. It just feeds into our feelings of outrage and powerlessness. And I personally haven't watched the news in years. It doesn't mean I'm completely uninformed, but I'm not willing to subject myself to the money-making machine that is the news cycle. Now, obviously... It's great if you want to do something with the knowledge that you potentially can get from consuming news, but most people don't really do anything. And I think that it's because of the oversaturation that is actually can be really paralyzing for many people. So I don't think that the news is actually a 
conducive tool for making the world a better place. And so I definitely advocate for people to stop watching the news. So it's my two cents to add to this. His, his two cents is also that you should stop watching the news. Um, we also then talk about how, you know, you can find media that is enjoyable, but you just have to be purposeful. Uh, what, you know, what are things that are going to bring you joy and ease and not sorrow and agitation? <laughs> so anyway, and then we also talk a little bit about true crime and... I feel mixed feelings about true crime and I've been thinking about doing an episode, a future episode about, about true crime and, you know, the benefits of how it can, it can help some people, but also it can harm some people. Like I, I was a person that listened to a lot of true crime for years and then I just I was just like I have to stop because it wasn't actually helping my mental health so I don't know if you would like that to be a future episode let me know anyway I ran to a little bit at the end of this I think that's it for today I hope that you are all doing well that you've had some fun it's a beautiful summer I love you and have some fun. All right. Love you.